Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, Mock Draft Monday returns, but not before we get into the latest Eagle signing on the offensive side of the football. You probably won't be surprised at the name they brought in. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. Happy Monday, everybody. As I mentioned in the cold open, Mock Draft Monday returns today post free agency, although Gino, free agency is not over. I should say post the first free agent wave, right? The Eagles bring in Hassan Riddick. They made a signing today. We'll go through now that we kind of know a few things the Eagles did and also try to do, we kind of have a little inside look at what their plans could be for the NFL draft. Without a doubt. And this is kind of the same approach. And I've said that the past few days here that they've taken in several free agencies, right? Like I think uh, Rube from NBC Sports put out the 2017 acquisitions prior to that season. LeGarrette Blunt was acquired like in the middle of May. Chris Long wasn't signed until later into the summer. Corey Graham, I know people love Corey Graham, but he was a part of that championship team, and he did have a pick in the NFC championship game. I think Patrick Robinson, I don't know if you mentioned him, but he was a later pick as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. these guys, they test the market. They see if they can hit that top spike, right? Like everybody was in on Bitcoin when it was first going up, and then a lot of people got reamed out when it was going down. And a lot of these receivers, I feel, are in that area. A lot of the safety market, I feel, is the same way. The second wave is going to come, and I think things are going to steady out. As teams continue to make moves, you saw Matt Ryan is traded today. The NFC is wide open, Lou. Teams, I believe, are going to try to continue acquiring talent well through the summer, even after the draft. But right now, yeah. I think the the waters are going to kind of glass out a little bit, and you're going to be able to see through those kind of outlier contracts we saw in week one and week two here, especially with the one the Eagles made today, yeah, exactly. really is a Howie Roseman-esque type of move. Yeah, the second wave pretty much is underway in free agency. The Eagles made a move today at wide receiver after striking out on Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, to a certain degree, we're not sure how hard the Eagles are pursuing these players. We do know, though, they were interested and made offers to several of those pass catchers. Instead, they go a route that many predicted was going to happen. The Eagles signed wide receiver, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, wide receiver Zach Paschal to a one-year contract extension. I shouldn't say extension, first time with the Eagles, but they bring him in. He used to be with head coach Nick Sirianni. Uh, Gino, this is a move that, again, is not surprising at all, especially if you heard Sirianni last year talk about the growth and development of Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager and that young receiver group. He kept making you know, comparisons to Pascal, who was an undrafted receiver coming out of Old Dominion, and he raved all the time about Pascal and how he grew from literally the ground up and became a pretty good role player, somebody that had back-to-back 600-yard seasons in 2019 and 2020, five touchdowns each of those years. It's not a sexy move. It's not ideal to have him as a top-three receiver, but he's somebody you had to bring in after you missed out on that first wave. You need productive receivers. You need an upgrade over Rager. 
And so I, I don't mind the move at all. And it's, again, the least surprising uh, move of the offseason so far. One of our favorite movies that we love to quote on this show is the Avengers series. And Thanos, when he has the knife on his finger and he says, all things are balanced and I am inevitable, and he snaps, this was the I am inevitable move from the Eagles. This was Nick Sirianni's, I would say, project. Like, he built him up. He's Doug, as- I saw this tweet. I think it was from Jimmy Kemsky. He's Doug Peterson's version of Chase Daniel. You mentioned Chip Kelly's Jeff Mayle. Um, better than way better than Jeff Jim Mayo, Schwartz's like uh Stephen Tulloch or Nigel Bradham yeah, yeah. I the my guy for Sirianni yeah I would absolutely say so and another analogy I made to this move is looking back to the late 2000s wide receiver room after the whole Donovan four years in the NFC championship things were on a, a downturn for a little bit Kevin Curtis was the star there for a while and then two young receivers come in Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin but the one constant in that room was Jason Avant. And what was Jason Avant? He was a five touchdown a year, 600 yards yeah. a season, reliable guy, had fantastic hands, could always be somebody that your quarterback relied on. I think Zach Pascal is that guy to a T. In this room now with Devontae Smith, with Quez Watkins, both two young and up-and-coming players in this league and – the, the front office holds Quez in a very high regard. Yeah, This is just going to be one of those moves where they can put him in there, right? Let the two guys up top really ream the rewards of having a third guy there. And then, oh, he'll just be underneath for your quarterback that really needs to see the middle of the field and progress on his development in that area. I think this move will drastically help Jalen Hurts, just having somebody he can rely on. Because outside of Devontae and Quez, and Dallas Goddard, of course. Who could he go to last year? No. Greg Ward in limited minutes, but you weren't trusting Jalen Rager. Yeah. Pascal, I put in that quote-unquote possession receiver title that we always used to use back in the day. Which is fitting for his which style. Which is fair. Which is yeah. fair. No, I agree. And again, this is a player that, I mean, he's not great. Last year, PFF had him 94th out of 94 graded receivers, but I think he was better than that. I think, too, you look at the previous two seasons, he showed he can play if he's your fifth you know, passing option. That really isn't a horrible situation. The first month of the year, he actually was Carson Wentz's go-to receiver with Michael Pittman injured. And when they were throwing a lot behind those games, I thought Pasco looked pretty good. He was on the you know, 700 yard pace yet again, before they ran a lot and Pittman came back, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Mm -hmm. he kind of, you know, became the fourth or fifth option there. Again, I still would love the Eagles to target a receiver high in the NFL draft in the first or second round. I still would have liked to bring in one of those other first wave receivers, but Gino, again, you couldn't go into the draft with just Smith and Watkins and Rager. You can't rely on Rager next year. You just can't do it. Maybe he has an Aguilar 2017 type of situation, but you can't bank on that happening, and you never know how draft boards go. So you had to bring in somebody, and Pasco at least gives you some flexibility with a veteran that, again, has proven at least a certain floor of play, like you said with Jason Avant. You don't necessarily want Jason Avant to always be a top three receiver for your offense, especially in the modern-day NFL, but you need that player. The Eagles didn't even have that last year. I would equate this to like needing all the rungs on a ladder, right? Like they want to get to the top of this ladder where they, they don't have rungs yet, but they didn't have like a middle rung to make that next step. They didn't have that guy that's just going to be a reliable piece for this offense right. to just bank on in a, in a key third and sixth situation, right? 
Like, yeah, having Devontae is great and having Quez is great, but they do a lot of their work down the field in the explosive areas. If we need a quick pickup off a slant route, like I, I believe that's going to go to Zach Pascal a lot of the time. But yeah. what this move does, being that wrong on the ladder, is that it's there and it's going to help you get to the next part because the next step is bringing in one of these young guys in the draft, like you had said. And you and I have firmly been on this topic of taking a wide receiver with one of those first three picks because there's very good talent up top and they still have to replenish that room. Even with the Zach Pascal signing and the news that they could still be interested in Jarvis Landry, I don't know how that takes a hit with this signing today. I'd probably say that's over and I can't imagine Landry like most veterans would come right. here. So again, I, I'm I think, still yeah, be interested yeah. to see where it yeah. stands there. But when you go to the draft, you have your top two guys. Pascal's going to be a reliable threat for you. Greg Ward is still going to be a reliable option where he doesn't have to be a number three. He could just slot in as a number four. You bring in a young guy, like we talked about at cornerback a few weeks ago. If you sign a veteran to hold it over for a year, Xavier Rhodes, for example, Patrick Peterson, a Joe Hayden type of player, right? You know what's coming in the wings. You know that there's bound to probably be a move in the draft. And I really think the that's the route that they're going. Whether yeah. it's in the first round or well, on now early it's by day necessity, two, you know, because they, they couldn't I get I wouldn't absolutely those other say necessity. I think it's just now well, another a route yeah. that they have to take. No, I didn't that mean that they like, could have signed those top guys, right? Well, but the other guys, they him. chose not to. I mean, they made an offer to Kirk. I think Allen Robinson chose not to come to Philly. Totally understandable. So I just meant, like, it's not a necessity that they need to draft a receiver in the first or second round with Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. Mm -hmm. Again, I still think the bigger step taken through the passing game is with Jalen Hurts' improvements on his own. Definitely. I just meant necessity based on if they want to land, like, a top talent at this position in the offseason – now it's got to be through the draft because okay, it, that's clear. Yeah, yeah, they they show in the open market that you know the money was too high, and at the same time, I think the options were better for those pass catchers. So, um, Gino, it's going to be interesting though. It's not just wide receiver uh, safety. They brought back Anthony Harris. Mm -hmm. They went for Marcus Williams. He chose the Baltimore Ravens. Um, that's a position that they're going to be looking into in the draft. What do you do now with edge? You brought in Hassan Riddick. You brought back Fletcher Cox as defensive tackle, something you take a look at. It's mock draft Monday, so we are going to get into what the Eagles' plan is now after we got a pretty good look at their free agent plan last week. So that's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And, guys, today's edition of Locked on Eagles is brought to you by the best-tasting protein bar there is on the planet. It is Built Bar. It's the time of year that pretty much at least – in past years, I would have given up on my New Year's resolution, but not this year. We're going to stick to eating right, and it's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because you actually enjoy eating them. They're a candy bar in protein bar form, covered in 100% chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein, only 130 calories in most bars, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, plus there's so many delicious flavors. You got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, you got white chocolate, cookies, and cream. Again, all of the flavor and none of the guilt. And right now, they also are offering puff bars. Yeah, they're protein-infused marshmallow bars. Check these out. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They have flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. Head over to Built.com today. Check out all the delicious flavors you can find with Built Bars. And make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you'll get 15% off your order. 
Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at Built.com. All right, Eagles fans, thanks so much for tuning in to this Monday edition of Locked On Eagles. Also, make sure you're following the Locked On NFL podcast. As Gino mentioned earlier, Matt Ryan now headed to the Indianapolis Colts. Marcus Mariota is going to the Atlanta Falcons. Jameis Winston signed with New Orleans again. The quarterback carousel continues. Gino, what'd you call it? A carnival earlier? I mean, it, it turned just into a full continues to move. At this point. So make sure you're following the Lockdown NFL podcast. They have all the biggest stories covered across the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your shows. Gino, as we teased at the end of segment one, it is Mock Draft Monday, so we're going to do a post-free agency mock. And uh, has your mindset changed after seeing what they did with Hassan Riddick, Zach Paschal, with what they attempted to do with other signings? Like, are you heading into this mock draft with a different feeling than we had before? I think the Fletcher Cox thing really like hmm. shook where I thought they are standing in terms of that interior of the defensive line. And just with the talent that they have up front yeah. in this class, it's really like, okay, we can have Fletcher Cox. He's on a one-year contract. You still could sign him back for another year to a team-friendly deal even after that. Oh, let's also plug Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt into that mix as well. Yeah. And you open up a lot of that zero-tech, two-gapping stuff that Gannon wanted to do inside, which Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave obviously voiced their opinion on. But why not get a guy that can do that while still at the same time allowing Fletcher Cox to have fresh legs this season, allowing Javon Hargrave to have fresh legs. Then you throw Milton Williams in there as a yeah. third down type of guy who's premier against the pass. I really think they're just continuing to add to this chessboard. Like It's just going to continue to fill up. And that Fletcher Cox move really ha created waves in my head. And I started thinking and sure. opened my eyes to life beyond that and what would happen when mm -hmm. he does move on. Yeah, because they brought him back, but it's only a one-year deal uh, worth right. $14 million. So, Gino, you have the honors here in this Mock Draft Monday of taking the first prospect at 15th overall. Uh, I was taking a look at receiver, as you can tell, mm. kind of getting an early start. But let's take a look at the board with what we have right now, uh, looking at who went early, uh, a lot of edge rushers, and then, you know, there was a really quick run at cornerback right before the Eagles. Stingley, Gardner, McDuffie, mm -hmm. and Booth all went uh, four wow. picks in a row. Uh, so, you know, again, the Eagles could take a corner in the first round. But in this scenario, a lot of other positions fall to them. I, I don't want to do the Willis thing today just because I don't think he'll fall here and that'll mm -hmm. take up an hour. So <laughs> with the other options you have here, what are you taking a look at? Well, I just want to say that going into this today and looking at the board, how it fell, yeah. there will be quarterbacks taken in the top 10 and I the top agree. 15. Yeah, so. especially like even though the Falcons took Mariota, I could see them take Malik Willis. I could see the mm -hmm. Lions go with a QB there. We know the what Panthers. What about Houston, are, man? They yeah, got two Houston first round picks now as well. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they have that whole Josh Rosen like support energy with Davis Mills. So I can mm -hmm. see that too. And the Panthers were talking to Kenny Pickett today at his pro day. It felt like the entire day. Absolutely. And I think Washington could be in that equation sure. as well. We don't know what the future of Kirk cousins could be. I really think the top half of this board is wide open, which mm -hmm. will in turn allow the Philadelphia Eagles to land premier players in this class. And I'm taking a look Lou, and I'm going to go off of the discussion that we just had and yeah. I'm taking the big man Jordan Davis, just to see what he did at the combine and to see it match his tape and to see his freak athleticism, 
having nearly a ton of man between him, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick on that defensive line. I really think people are going to look at that and say, oh, like he's a nose guard. No, this kid can really do everything. And at Georgia, you saw how dominant they were. They won a national championship. We want to draft SEC players. We want to draft top players. Well, there's your equation solved for you. You know Fletcher Cox might not be here past this year. Javon Hargrave, you're going to have to extend him at some point. You have Milton Williams in that equation. Hassan Ridgeway's out of town now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to fill in that gap at some point, and why not do it in a top class like this? Jordan Davis, man. That's a fun player. Sometimes the meat and potatoes can be boring for fans, even though they know it's the right move, but this would be an exciting player on the interior. And, Gino, you don't have to feel as much pressure to take an edge because you have Hassan Riddick now signed Absolutely. to that large three-year contract doesn't mean you can't take an edge here if like Jermaine Johnson fell or you could justify George Karloftis to me. But I think now you can make the focus more about maybe the interior of the defensive line. And with the edge class being deep, you could say, you know, let's go get a Nick Benito later on or, you know, Amaji mm-hmm. Sanders, somebody like that. And let's go with the value of a Jordan Davis at 15. So I totally get the logic. And especially with the way the board fell here, every edge went uh, that was worth taking uh, mm-hmm. in the top 20. So you took Jordan Davis at 15. And I'm looking here at another conversation we've had in the show already, and it's about wide receiver. They brought in Zach Pascal, but again, you want to upgrade there. Pascal, if that's who you have to have as your third receiver, it's better than what they had last year with Jalen Rager, 100%. But you do want to upgrade, and the Eagles have showed their hand. They wanted to add somebody better than Pascal. And you look at the type of receivers, Gino, they were interested in. That's the interesting part as well, because we've all talked about that big body receiver. We'd love to have compliment Smith and Watkins, but they went after, or just, you know, from reports and rumors, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, um, Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Kirk. Power forwards. These kind of players. Power forwards. And some and players that can play in the slot, separators mm-hmm. inside, the dirty work, right? Robert Woods, especially in that area. And I just feel like, that is like, you know, Traylon Burke is on the board here, but I think Garrett Wilson fits more what the Eagles maybe want here. Interchangeable receivers that can play inside and out, that can separate more like how the 49ers have built their receiver group than, you know, another team like the Chargers who built it more like a basketball team, as you like to mention, you know, in past shows. And I think Garrett Wilson is probably the top receiver in this class, just from a consistency standpoint, overall talent. And I think that'd be great value at 16. So they get their guy after striking out in free agency. I think that's a very smart selection. And, and you're right on, Lou. And I, I said power forwards while you were having that discussion because you think of a power forward in today's NBA, yeah. they're really like a three. Like they're really a guy oh, yeah. that has to be able to shoot, has to be able to play defense. A four is a three, a five is a four. Yeah, yeah they have to ball. be able to play inside. They got to be able to play outside. Mm-hmm. Exactly the discussion that we were having. And when they drafted JJ a few years ago, that's the type of player that they wanted. Obviously, it didn't work out. So let's continue to go down that avenue and continue to take swings at that position. And clearly, Garrett Wilson could play ball, man. Like that's You're not going to get me upset taking Garrett Wilson at 16 because I put a round one grade on a guy like him. I put a round one grade on Jordan Davis. You're not forcing those selections. They truly are a best player available at a position of need. Yep, 100%. Uh, Devon Wyatt, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia, went at 17 to the Chargers, a player the Eagles met with. They're 
seemingly pretty high on. Charlie Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State, goes to the Saints at 18. Gino, you're back up on the clock here at 19. We've got a defensive tackle, a receiver. What are you thinking here? I'm going to continue to go with the trenches, and I think we can stick on the idea of taking a player at a position of need while being the best player available on the board. Sign me up for Tyler Linderbaum, man, because that's three first-round caliber players that you were going to take in the top 20 selection. This is such an Eagles first round. Two interior linemen and a receiver. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It could be the reality of it, though, Lou, and we look at what the future is of two instrumental pieces in this organization over the past decade, Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox. They could be gone in the blink of an eye, man. I know it's like it's not the easiest subject to talk about taking offensive and defensive linemen, especially guys that are bigger bodied on the interior of the defensive line and taking a center. But you have to replace those two elite caliber players. And why not do that before they're gone? I don't want to have to react and take that guy and force that need, i.e. Danny Watkins. I want to be in this situation where we could take Jordan Davis and Linderbaum still getting a wide receiver and there's plenty of talent in the secondary remaining in this class there's plenty of talent at the wide receiver position if you want to double dip I'm really going all in for solidifying what made you a good team the past two decades and that's having premier talent on the offensive and defensive line Tariq Wolin is on the board here at 51 in the second Table. round, and I, I would be running to the board. <laughs> Let me just say, though, and this isn't going to happen. I think Matt Corral would be a first-round pick. If Matt Corral was on the board at 51 here for the Eagles, I think they would take him. I you really don't want to do. take mid-Baker Mayfield and draft mm-hmm. Sam Howell? No, no, can't say I do. <laughs> but I think the Eagles would see this as, a, let's take Matt Corral here in the second round, kind of like they did with Jalen Hurts. Give Jalen Hurts, again, He's Corral's not good enough to where in the second round you have to guarantee that he eventually gets a chance to be the guy. But maybe next year you know, hey, we're going to win 7-10 to 10 games again. We might not love the quarterbacks after Stroud and Young. Let's double down here. If Hurts is average in 2022 again, we could have another option. I'm just saying I don't know if I would do this, but I think knowing where the Eagles' head is at, or at least where they were in 2020, It'd be something at least the old Eagles would consider from where their head was at philosophically with this position. But, Gino, they could take Patrick Peterson in free agency, Xavier Rhodes, a stopgap corner next to Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. And if that's the strategy, having somebody like Tariq Wollin behind them developing, somebody 6'4", nearly 6'5", with some of the best speed in this class, a former wide receiver, a former basketball player. He has all the traits. He might not be ready to start right away, but he wouldn't really need to. It would be a great situation with Slay Maddox and another veteran you bring in. Woolen makes so much sense as your fourth pick in this draft. Without a doubt. And I look at who's the top corner in today's game, Jalen Ramsey, right? You look at the size of a player like that. Not saying Tariq Woolen has the skill, but if you could develop somebody into that build, into that frame, having those freakishly long arms, having that unbelievable athletic ability, a perfect 10.0 relative athletic score. Have him opposite a technician in Darius Slay. Who's going to be the best teacher than him, than Darius Slay on the other side? Right. I mean, he's one of the best 
when it comes to footwork, when it comes to pure, just able to pattern match, able to match his hands, his feet, his hips. That's a perfect individual to put next to Tariq Woolen, who still is raw, but has all the traits that you want in this league. Mm -hmm. Matches up with a profile that Jonathan Gannon loves. Matches up with the athleticism that Howie Roseman wants to have in that building. This pick has Eagles written all over it, in my opinion. I agree. And uh, look, I wanted to take a safety, but Jalen Petrie went before Daxon Hill, um, Lewis Seen as well. And, and you can't force it. And it, it's unfortunate in this scenario, maybe you got to bring back Rodney McLeod and just run it back. I, I would hope the board falls in a better way with the real draft, but Gino can't really complain about these first four picks. Jordan Davis, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Linderbaum, and Tariq Woolen. Uh, that's an Eagles draft, 100%, and uh, it's hard to be really upset about it. We'll finish up this four-round mock draft coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles with round three through four. And with the NFL draft almost a month away, Lou, I mean, we are almost close to being under 30 days. There are plenty of outcomes that can happen in this class, and you can bet on those potential outcomes, the potential first overall pick, the first quarterback off the board, the first safety off the board, how many defensive players will be taken in round one, how many offensive players will be taken in round one, literally anything that you could think of when it comes to the draft or college basketball or any other sport, soccer, you can even bet lacrosse, you can even bet cricket on this thing. I mean, betonline.net, the official sports book of the Lockdown Eagles podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered. March Madness is in full swing right now. Make sure you go to betonline.net, sign up and use their seamless interface. Go on there, create some player props, bet some over and unders. Make sure you bet responsibly, but make sure you go to the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network, betonline.net, betonline where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Mock Draft Monday episode of Lockdown Eagles, and we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. He's Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase. Let's get into so far, Gino, what we did in the first two rounds. You took defensive tackle Jordan Davis at 15. I took wide receiver Garrett Wilson at 16. Then you went with Tyler Linderbaum, the interior offensive lineman from Iowa at 19. And then I took a my guy of Lockdown Eagles, Tariq Wollin, the cornerback from UTSA, with the 51st overall pick. Gino, you're on the clock here at 83 in round three. So we've done uh, two defensive prospects, two offensive prospects, pretty well balanced so far. And uh, I think it lines up with the Eagles and how they draft. I would absolutely say so. And they usually look at secondary on day two, early day three. You look at the Sidney Jones, the Rasul Douglas draft. You look where they took Zach McPherson last year, right in that territory of where they like to select players. Can we pull up the safety absolutely. position here? Yeah, let's real see quick? what we got to work with. Oh boy. I mean, that's clearing out really quickly. Like this would be a yeah. very bad this is scenario. Not a great scenario for though. safety for sure. No, not at all. So let's hope they clean can come Wallace stay healealthy in this scenario. I, I mean, <laughs> let's go to linebacker. I would like to check out the linebacker position real quick. So I think Quay Walker is somebody that would be a very interesting piece to add to this defense. He's not Nicobe Dean by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a guy that you look at what they have at that position, they have athleticism. They have guys that can come downhill and tackle. I think Quay Walker could be an upgrade over a guy like TJ Edwards. Let's stick with the Georgia pool, Lou, because there's so many of these guys. They sent a ton of resources down to scout that Georgia Pro Day last week. 
I wouldn't doubt if they double dipped in Georgia in the slightest. I wouldn't either. And Clay, yeah, even if it, he tested off the charts yeah. too, man. It could be Davis, Wyatt. It could be N'Kobe Dean. It could be Lewis Seen. Um, I mean, even Pickens, like later on in the draft, mm-hmm. if they want to take another value receiver to compete with Zach Pascal and Jalen Rager and go just with like a trio of third receivers battling it out, you know, late day two, early day three. I agree. Jonathan Gannon was there himself at that Georgia Pro Day, and uh, it's one of the deepest, you know, in a long time. In terms of pure talent, yeah. I mean, you could look at some of the Alabama groups that have had like five guys drafted in the first round, but some of those guys weren't always hits. Like, I firmly believe you could have a couple Hall of Famers come out of this Georgia group. Like, you're going to have pure all pros, pure continuous pro bowlers, and look at a guy like Jordan Davis and the the edge rushers that are going up the board and the linebacking core that they have. It really is just something to behold to watch how good that player development department was down in Georgia, finding the talent and bringing together one of the best defenses college football has ever seen. I agree. Uh, Gino, I think that this player is a little underrated on this draft board. We're Mm -hmm. at pick 124 in the fourth round. I want a Jalen Petrie from Baylor in the second round, or maybe even, you know, something I was thinking about too, with that 19th overall pick, if the Eagles want a safety, right, but they don't want to reach for one in the first round. They also want to have some flexibility in 2023, have multiple first round picks, perhaps for a quarterback to try to trade up. If they could find somebody to dance, maybe you move down in the first round, you take Jalen Petrie where the value makes more sense. Things to consider in this scenario, safety just, again, you couldn't force things and the board just did not fall the right way. In round four, though, to compete with, you know, uh, Marcus Epps and Kavon Wallace, I like JT Woods from Baylor. I think he's, you know, as explosive as Petrie. I think he's got just as good ball skills. You know, Petrie's definitely a better prospect, but I, I would love to bring in one of the Baylor safeties. And I think you have to bring in one with those first four picks, especially with the way the group looks now. You, you got to get more bodies in there. And it is reported that they have interest in Tyquan Thornton and Jalen Petrie, both of whom are Baylor guys Mm -hmm. through and through. They're athletes through and through, track runners through and through. It makes all the sense in the world why they would want to go that avenue. JT Woods, I'm right on it with you, Lou. I think he is underrated when it comes to this board. I think he's going to be an early day three selection, if not late day two just because of how good that Baylor secondary was. And you saw the rise in media mock drafts of Petrie. I think the JT Woods rise will come soon because outside of those top three or four guys in the safety class, it's kind of like mix and match. Who do you really like? What traits do you like? JT Woods is a big body guy. He has ball skills. I know you loved Rasul Douglas, Lou. I think you would fall in love with a guy like JT Woods playing in that defensive secondary. It's been hard not to, man. I've been watching a lot of those two Baylor safeties. I was reading a story today about how those two safeties helped turn around that Baylor program, both on Mm -hmm. and off the field with leadership. And you saw how athletic they were testing at the combine. I got to see them up close at the senior bowl. Both clearly were among the best at the safety position without Jaquan Brisker competing. So I I think that's a good value pick at 124. I know he's ranked lower on this, uh, this board, but I think he is uh, worth a fourth round pick for sure. And Mm -hmm. he'll rise. I think by the time the draft comes up in, you know, a little over 30 days, but it's getting close. Let's recap what we did in this post free agency mock draft. 
First round, Jordan Davis of Georgia, the defensive tackle. Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson and Iowa interior offensive lineman Tyler Linderbaum. Then on day two in rounds two and three, we took Tariq Woolen, the cornerback from UTSA, and Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia. Then we finish it up with a safety from Baylor, JT Woods. You know, I think pretty well balanced, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, you you know uh, dealt with edge with Hassan Riddick. You want probably a long-term defensive tackle to go with Hargrave and Milton Williams since Cox is only on a one-year deal. The Davis pick makes sense. You mentioned Kelsey too being gone soon, Linderbaum. Wilson is the kind of receiver it looks like they're targeting. And then Tariq Wollin is a great upside corner to be behind whatever veteran you eventually do bring in. So I think this is a pretty realistic mock draft. I think they got a mix of, I would say, potential and a high floor yeah, out I of agree. all of these picks. Like Jordan Davis, even though maybe he doesn't develop into a pure pass rusher, he's still going to be a dominant run defender, somebody who could free up the linebackers behind him, which Jonathan Gannon really wants to open it up for them. You add Quay Walker back there and JT Woods, two guys that could bang coming downhill. I think the Eagles' secondary, the second level, especially at the safety and linebacker position next year, Lou, it's just going to be a bigger heat map. And what I mean by that is these guys will be able to cover more room and do a lot more things. You won't see them just in between the hashes doing work in the box like a guy like Alex Singleton. No, these guys will be spread out all over the field, truly being pieces in Gannon's scheme that he didn't have last year. And that's the evolution that we have to look to see from year one to year two with Jonathan Gannon. With his personnel now, with two years worth of draft picks, is he moving in the right direction? And with those guys that we selected, Lou, it's going to be tough to argue otherwise. We'll get into another mock draft next Monday, as we always do. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles wherever you get the podcast. Free and available Monday through Friday, also in video form as well on YouTube. And follow us on Twitter for breaking news all throughout the day and our latest takes on what's going on with the Eagles at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBLC. L-O-E. Thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Now make sure your second listen is the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects like some of the ones we drafted today and NFL front offices as well. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds! Fly, Eagles, fly.